Militarily Speaking, Episode 10, a conversation with Sean Brown and working dog Nick. This episode, we talk with Sean Brown and his relationship with Southeastern Guide Dog. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McLean, joined by fellow Chihuahua dog owner, <laughs> Jody Vickery. Hi. On a three-to-one ratio. I know. Yeah, welcome. And great to have you, Sean. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome to our show, and we're excited to have you listening and learning about Southeastern Guide Dogs and the story Sean Brown's going to tell us. I think, though, before I introduce Sean more formally, were you about to say something, Tom? Well, I was about to say that we've uh, we've enjoyed our relationship at Armed Forces Bank with Southeastern Guide Dogs. We we received a puppy named Jamie, and that was back on September of last year. And Jennifer was great about making sure that four or five months after we decided our bank was going to get a puppy, that she made it a priority to make that happen. We learned it from AFIN, which is the Armed Forces Financial Network, because they they also had a puppy. And our puppy raiser is Jeff Schaefer. He's in Bloomfield, Illinois. I'm sorry, Bloomfield, Indiana. Let me take that back. Jeff Schaefer is the puppy raiser from Bloomfield, Indiana. <laughs> I almost did it again because I'm a Chicago guy. I'm going to say Illinois <laughs> I all think the coffee, time. Coffee helps with that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jamie's birthday was May 31st of last year, too. So, yeah, well, Southeastern Guide Dogs has been fantastic, a great organization with which to partner. And we're thrilled to have you join us on the podcast. You are a podcast expert, Sean, so don't make us look bad today. <laughs> and yes, that's what I had to say. I could just, I sensed that you had something. On you know, there's mind. a couple of quotes, though, that I'm going to say later in the podcast. Perfect. And okay? to, just to warn you, Sean, there's probably a really bad joke in our future in the next 20 minutes from Tom. Just <laughs> It's okay. As a former radio guy, I'm used to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to. You might even share one with us that might might get the audience to laugh because I can't seem to do that. Right, well, we shall see. We'll see. All right. Got to be funny. All right. So I am going to introduce Sean. Just a few things to say about you. Sean spent seven years in the United States Army. Injuries cut Sean's time in the service short. And as a civilian, he's worked really hard to give the illusion that everything was okay. But anxiety and PTSD had threatened his peace of mind. Motorcycles became his escape with the thrill of the road easing the ever-growing issues. But when his body couldn't take the stress of riding, he knew it was time to find help. And a gentle, attentive service dog, originally named Pella, and now his service dog's name is Nick, came along just in time. We want to welcome you to the show, Sean. We know a good bit about Southeastern Guide Dogs. We couldn't be more pleased to share that with our listening audience. And we'd really just love to hear a little bit of background about your military career and then how you got involved with Southeastern Guide Dogs. So as the bio says, I did seven years in the U.S. Army. I was part of the Intelligence Corps, as we call a squint. I spent a good bit of time out at Fort Huachuca, Arizona, up in the mountains where it snows in the desert. I had a good time out there. Did a lot of fun things, had a lot of great experiences, but I, I ended up getting discharged, medically discharged in 2013 with pretty much to the point that I couldn't run anymore. I had shredded my knees from playing college sports, playing college basketball, things like that. Then, of course, you go in the military and you do all the other fun stuff to your knees while still playing sports. And I got into a motorcycle accident and shredded my knee pretty bad. Mm. And that was all she wrote. I currently live with, I've had nine total knee, knee surgeries at the age of 36, wow. including a knee replacement, degeneration of my spine. And I, I suffer from pretty bad migraines. I actually got to get ready to go take my injection for the month. So 
We make lemonade out of lemons around here. <laughs> Southeastern Guide Dogs has absolutely changed my life. Literally, I got to a point in my life where I was taking 16 pills a day. I was 285 pounds and really disconnecting from life. And it wasn't until that, the, you know, that the rage that comes with the PTSD poked through and a situation occurred. My wife looked at me and said, hey, you need to get some help and help with Southeastern Guide Dogs. We found the guys were taking less medication. They were getting back in the community, reconnecting with, with life. And that was our goal. That's what I wanted. And Southeastern Guide Dogs made that happen. I came and got my first service dog in March of 2018. And it has been an incredible journey since then. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And you're now working with South Southeastern Guide Dogs, right? In a, in a philanthropic role? Yep. So that, that journey has, has included that. I went from, when I first got Pella, I was working four or five part-time jobs just to get by. And nobody would hire me because of my disabilities. I'm 100% disability, total and permanent. And Southeastern Guide Dogs turned around after I spoke at an event called Dining in the Dark. And they said, hey, we want you to come help push our mission forward. There's no better example than sharing our product than an, a product of our program. Right. So that's what we've done for the last three, almost three and a half years now. I've had the blessed opportunity to really push forward for our nation's veterans, the assistance that's available at no cost to our dogs. And I'm living proof. I mean, I went from 16 pills to zero. I lost over 70 pounds. I've reconnected with my family and of course moved to Florida. The, the yeah. dream is amazing. <laughs> that is, that's a trifecta right yeah. there. Yeah, it is. It is. You mentioned Beyond the Dark, which I think was the original program name years ago that you, you held an event down in Venice, Florida. And now now you call it Beyond the Dark. Did I say that right, Jody? No. D- dining in the... Let's see, <laughs> I think dancing originally in the, it was Dining in the was Dark, a, right, Sean? Wasn't that a Bruce yes. Springsteen song, yes. right? Oh, my gosh. That was Dancing in the Street Dark, comes, wasn't it? Okay. It comes so, <laughs> so now it's called now it's called Beyond the Dark, but why don't you tell... <laughs> why don't you... I'm the only one that laughs, but I got some more laughter on that one. So... Let's talk about that the new and improved program that's coming coming soon in the fall, right? Again? So our, our best program, it's been around for almost three years. But of course, with the last three years of excitement that we've all endured that we won't right. name, <laughs> it has taken a few hiatuses. But we are back full time. It's an experience where individuals can come and sit behind blindfold and experience what it's like to be one visually impaired, simply just trying to go from one place to another to meet a friend. And then you get to also hear from a graduate from our, our guide dog program, someone that's living that life daily. And then you get to experience the military side of the house. So you're sitting behind blindfold and you get to experience what it's like to live through a night terror and feel that darkness and feel that loneliness and, and isolation. And then you hear from, usually it's, it's myself, you get to hear from the veteran side of the house of how we found our journey and how our service dogs have brought us to success. It's, it's a great program. It's done incredible things for us at Southeastern Guide Dogs as far as pushing awareness out. Awesome. Your new dog, Nick, is at your feet, right? Asleep? I wish our audience could see Nick. He is down here snoring, yes. <laughs> we saw pictures of Nick. We were, a little, we're a little biased towards Jamie. We have a nice black lab that is awesome for us, too. So why don't you talk a little bit about how you were introduced to Nick and maybe even back to Pella. But how did that? how did you make the marriage? So we'll start with Pella. You know, one of the, the really cool things about Southeastern Guide Dogs is our match process. All of our dogs are matched with each each recipient based off of the lifestyle that recipient lives, how you walk, your pace of walk, whether you walk fast, whether you walk slow, the things that you enjoy, enjoy doing or dream of doing. So literally, we would say if you take Pella and Nick and make them into humans, they would look like me. Of course, <laughs> if Pella was a female, she'd have hair. 
But you know, it's <laughs> what we, we can make with it. We can make it's do with it. It's a detail. Yeah. It's a podcast. Yeah. It's a podcast. No, nobody'll know. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 been incredible because, you know, for for that few years that Pella was working, we were able to do things that I had only dreamed of again. I used to not be able to really go to Walmart and go places by myself without having to have somebody with me. Pella made that possible because she was always looking for, you know, covering my six is what we like to say, looking for the things. And, and that match process is what our instructors put together to really make sure she's focused on that. And I'm a, I'm a musician as well. So, you know, she needed to be able to sit under the piano, just like Nick does now at church and not move and be okay. And we were in Savannah, the, the piano was right next to the drum set. So it was obviously pretty loud. But she's made it where we could do things as a family that I only dreamed of. You know, we've been to Rays games. We've been to Buccaneers games. We went to WrestleMania last year. We've accomplished the dream. And then she retired. She developed severe storm anxiety in July of of last year, right after WrestleMania. And she had to retire. It was was a a tough hit. Uh, It was very much a almost a grief-stricken moment for a little while. She's fine. (laughs) She's in my son's room laying down having a nap. (laughs) Good. But... It put us kind of back on the spin cycle of being on my own again. And, and then in December, the snoring guy under my desk came around, and he's been awesome. He has really been incredible. It's it's tough because you see a lot of the materials for the Black Lab. That's Pella. Yeah. And she's everywhere. So he had some pretty big paws to fill, as I like to say. Uh, but he <laughs> has that. done really, really well. Oh, so, we can't hear him snoring. I kind of wish we could. But, yeah. but yeah. There was, So there's only a four or five-month gap between dogs, right? I was lucky. I was very, very lucky they were able to find a dog for me quickly. As a successor dog, we generally tend to give priority to those veterans that, that are looking for a successor dog. A military mindset, prior proper planning prevents poor performance. So a lot of guys, our dogs have to retire before or at the age of 10. So a lot of guys are putting that application in at nine. So that way they have a dog ready for them when it's time for their dog to, their dog to retire. You don't want to run into a situation of regression. We're always looking for forward progress. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I understand that. And you kind of alluded to this and what you just said about Nick having your six. What kind of cues would you mind sharing? I, I think we've learned, you know, there's 15 to 20 cues that each dog is trained to look for and be aware of. Would you mind sharing some of the cues that Nick is is tuned into for you? Oh, most certainly. It's, it's really cool to see, especially as we're still a new team. But he's trained in retrieval. It's one of his main tasks as with, because I have the generation in my spine. Say I drop my keys, he will pick my keys up, put them in my hand. If I need him to go go get my medication for me, he'll go do that. Of course, it's in a secured a secured bottle. He'll pick up his leash and put it in my hand, so I don't have to bend over to try and get it. One of the coolest things that he's done in the first, you know, within the first three weeks of being a team, I was laying down trying to stretch my spine on my spinal manipulator, and the pain just got too bad. All I could do was just lay there and just suffer and wait. And he got up off of his bed. And he came and laid right on top of me and put the, this, that pressure that wow. just yeah. helps. It created the endorphins, it, the, the endorphin release that made it where I started to feel a little better. And then he was able to brace and, and allow me to help me up. He provides a good third point of contact. That's amazing. So just a few things that he's able to do. That's amazing. How long, Sean, does a veteran typically have to wait to get a working dog? So the wait right now is about 12 months, sometimes longer. It really depends what that veteran is looking for. We always tell every veteran I run into that's looking for a dog from our program, I always tell them to tell the instructors, I just need help. I don't want to, you know, if you come in and say, I want a chocolate lab that speaks three languages and, you know, you need (laughs) just tell them you need the help and let the trainers do what they do. They always do it the right way. It's incredible. 
And to, to add on to that question too, what kinds of dogs are available through Southeastern Guide Dogs? Is it Black Lab seems to be a common theme here because we have we have one. I think Affin had one. You've talked about Black Labs with Nick. So tell us about what's available in the inventory, if you will. Yeah, so we do we do all Labrador retrievers. We do all of our genetics on campus. So genetically, you kind of have an idea what you're going to come up with, but you kind of you, you play roulette a little bit. You can get a two black dogs mating, and you can get a yellow lab, or you can get a chocolate lab out of it. It's all in the genetics, and we have an incredible team of very very smart people on our campus that do a great job of making it happen. You know, they've they've been able to narrow down hip displays to three percent of our dogs when the national average wow. is thirty. It's really cool to see what they're doing, but labs are our way to go. Good deal. So hearing you describe the process that goes goes through the training and all of that a little bit, and just what we've come to know as we've watched Jamie's journey, how does the cost for that get taken care of? Is there a cost to the person that is paired with the service dog at the end, or how, how does that get covered? So we do everything on the basis of a gift to every recipient. Every dog is given for free to every recipient. So I've gotten two, I've had two, gotten two gifts at no cost. Every graduate receives food from From Finley Pet Food every month, which if you don't know about From, From's about $80 a bag on the market. Wow. And it's free. We get monthly preventatives from Elenco. We, re- we receive free wellness visits, free va- annual vaccinations, all at no cost. So that veteran only has, all they have to focus on doing is come in, get your dog, go home and heal and move forward together as a team. That financial burden is taken away. But it does cost us about fifty to sixty thousand dollars from birth to team placement for each dog. And we we are a we're a nonprofit, so we raise everything grassroots, dollar to dollar, penny to penny. And every year we start at July first at zero. We have to raise this year it's uh, sixteen million dollars we have to raise to fund our programs. Say that number again. I wrote it down. Sixteen million. That's a big number, but you know, July first, what? A couple of weeks ago, you're off and running, and certainly this is one outlet by which you can get the message out there about the need for that type of financial support. So, I'm glad you're being a cheerleader for that, as you always have been. Yes, sir. That's all we can do. You know, you talk about the vet. You know, if you will, the vetting process for the military member that gets assigned a dog, and is there some if you flip the table from what Jody asked you and what we've talked about, is there a process that someone goes through to put the process in place? Yes. So every veteran that applies, they go through our website, they put their application in, and then the process begins. That's the, the longest part is the process. The application is reviewed. Every veteran is required to submit documentation vetting their need for a service dog. We're required to tell the team what we need a service dog for, what we would like our service dog to do for us. And then they, they vet that need through the VA. They vet that need through private doctors. And from there, a home visit is done. Uh, phone interviews are done. We make sure that the home is secured and safe for our dogs and for the, for the individual because we want the dogs to remain safe. It's all about safety overall. But that process leads to a phone call that you get. In my case, I got the call when I was leaving the VA after a really bad day saying, well, we have a dog for you. Welcome to class. <laughs> Just out of the blue. Yeah. It really came out of the blue. And I, I it came on a, a perfect day for me because I was holding on oh, by good. a thread. Yeah. That's wonderful. So we've already touched on something that I was going to ask you. So I'm not going to repeat that question for you. But when you said the number 16 million a few minutes ago, I wrote it down and I drew a big box around it. That's, that's no small amount of money. 
Are there ways for individuals, for companies, how do people contribute to that? I mean, clearly everything that they've heard today would cause them to think this is something worthy of a contribution. How do people go about connecting with you in that way? So definitely our website is the number one go-to, www.guidedogs.org, www.guidedogs.org. You're able to find ways to give on there, get connected. We have matching programs that happen throughout the year, at least three or four matching programs. And even if, if somebody wants to say, I want us to give specifically to the veterans program, that's possible as well. But we serve far more than just our veterans program because we have dogs for our Gold Star families, which have paid the ultimate sacrifice. Under that umbrella, we have dogs for those families that have lost a loved one to the war against suicide that was serving in the military or a veteran. We provide dogs for our children with, with special needs. It was so many different avenues of bomb and arson, TSA. We provide dogs for, for so many different aspects in the support it means the world because it's helping change and save lives. That's great. I hope hope our listeners sold. I hope our listeners take advantage yeah. of the opportunity to to give back. There you know, just like Sean, there are a lot of banks and credit unions out there. There are a lot of organizations that have like strategies that you do, right? There's Canine for Warriors and Pups for Patriots, Patriot Paws, those types of things. Are there and you've already done your thirty second elevator speech about why you're so passionate about the company you for which you work, but also that has has uh, worked well with you on a personal level. Is there is there a something that from a differentiation standpoint that as people shop around to find organizations that they want to support personally or professionally or from a company standpoint, what's the what's the draw from your perspective? So two things that stand out immediately. We are the only school that provides all the the lifetime of care through our alumni alumni care program. That's the food, preventatives, annual vaccinations at no cost. We're the only school in the country that provides that. And, you know, one of the things that we champion is the fact that since we've had our program for veterans, we haven't lost a veteran that's received one of our dogs in the battle against suicide. Not a single one. You know, the statistics came out. We all say 22 a day, but 22 a day is actually not even the real number. In 2019, a study was done that showed it was actually 31.5 and growing. And that's before we withdrew from Afghanistan. But at Southeastern Guide Dogs, that number is zero. And we're planning to keep it that way. Well said. Are we nearing the end of our discussion with Sean? I think that we are. There's a couple of things I want to talk about with Sean first. Okay. okay. Do you mind? <laughs> I feel like so I was just set up. <laughs> you played You played college basketball. Where'd you play? Armstrong State University in Savannah, Georgia, which is now Georgia Southern. Okay. And the other question is, you said you're a musician. Yes. What do you play? So I play piano, sax, and drums, and I'm actually the worship pastor at my church down here in, uh, in Bradenton, Florida. All right. Very good. Do I have any more questions for him? I, I no, no. Before we end, I have, I have once three. Again, qu- I, have, I have been set up. I have three three really quick quotes about dogs. Okay, you ready? Uh, you like these, Sean? You ready? Okay. In in life, it's not where you go; it's who goes with you. That said nothing about a dog. It's coming. Okay. Life is undeniably better with a dog by your side. Okay. There's a dog, and then the final one is when I needed a hand, I found your paw. I like. Oh, that. that's good. Um, I saved the best for last because yes, the other two the were marginal. the first one had nothing to do with the dog. The second one had dog in it. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like the last one. Yeah. yeah, you can use that one too. It was said by Tom McClain. <laughs> 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 no, didn't make that up. I can't take credit for that. It's too oh, good. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I think I don't have any more questions for you, Sean, today, unless there's something that we haven't thought to ask you about Southeastern Guide Dogs that you would want to volunteer to make sure our audience knew about. Well, we're, we always look for the support. Uh, we're always looking for puppy raisers to help. They're the backbone of our program. So anyone who's looking to raise a, 
perfect, wonderful puppy and then bring it back <laughs> in so they can become a superhero. Everything's education-based. So they go to college, they pick their major, and they, they, they pick their job career. But we need that support as well. So puppy raisers are welcome. Right. And do you, do you have to have any special knowledge or skills to do that? Or you just have to be willing to, to take care of them? You got to be willing to take care of them. And we help train you. We do monthly training. Once or twice a month, you're able to get with a team of people in your area or do it remotely. And they're able to learn what it is and, and provide these puppies the best experience possible. So just lay that foundation groundwork to become a guide dog or service dog. Very good. Very good. Now, when my kids listen to this, they're going to want to call you, Sean, and become puppy raisers. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> you haven't met my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I only got as far as that paddle thing that you learn when you learn to play the drums, that yeah. little pad. Yeah. And I also played a recital for piano. So I'm trying to catch up to the skilled guy over oh, here that's well, a musician. You may have a ways to go. Still learning. I just go to concerts and I get to hear all the jams that way. So. Very All good. All right, you're Very up, Jody. Good. So if you'll hang with us for just a second, Sean, we'd like to do a little thing called the Military Minute at the end of each of our podcasts. It's a little fun game that What's we it play. Called? It's called the Military Minute. Okay. It's always a quiz with you. <laughs> um, so last week we had a speaker from AFMA join us, and the question was centered around life insurance. And the question was, who is the Beyond Basic Life Insurance Plan best for? Let's see, it was an age group. It was an age range, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you posted 18 to 44 on our social media post, then look for an opportunity to see yourself announced as the winner, and someone will be in touch with you for our prize, which I'll talk about in a moment. But for our question for Military Minute this week, we're going to relate it, of course, to Southeastern Guide Dogs. And the question that we have, so don't answer, Sean, because it's, it's for our audience, and you probably know the answer. Is veterans train on campus learning to navigate with their dogs for how many days? So Ooh. how many days does a veteran train on campus and learn to navigate with their dogs? That's not a trick question, right? It's not a trick question. And this is a time frame again. Time frame. People are going to have to do a little digging. Go to the website that we have talked about, www.guidedogs.org, and see if you can find the answer. And when you find it, post it on our Facebook or Instagram account. And if you're selected as the winner, you'll, of course, get that $50 for yourself and $50 for a charity of your choice. We love that. We do. We do. But thank you again, Sean, for spending some time with us today. And please be sure to learn more about Southeastern Guide Dogs. Again, one more time at www.guidedogs.org. And just remember that number is 16 million. 16 right? million. That's yes. resonating with me. Yes. But if you enjoyed today's episode, go out to afbank.com and subscribe to the show. Also, make sure to rate us. And leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcast or Spotify. Sean, well done. Thank you so much. Thank you. We applaud you, appreciate you, and, and we respect you. Thank you for joining us. And I hope your podcast comes back soon so we can listen to you as well. I hope so. You'll know when it comes back. Since they speak from Southeastern Guide Dogs, we, uh, we actually were at number eight on the charts at one point in time. So. We are number one on the charts right now, but there's there's been only, in our own mind. There's only, there's only one company that yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the chart in Tom's office, we're number one. Let's just say that. And he's got a picture of himself on it. It's not. It's a little weird. Thank you so much, Sean. We appreciate your yeah. time today very much. Thank you, sir. Such a pleasure, guys. You guys be safe. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Copyright 2022 Armed Forces Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All non-Armed Forces Bank-owned apps, websites, company names, and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners. Their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by Armed Forces Bank of them or their products and services. They are merely used as examples of the many available apps, companies, and websites that offer similar services. Before using any app or website, you should carefully review the terms of use, data collection, and privacy policy. Apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal, tax, or financial advice. Although Armed Forces Bank believes this information to be accurate, it cannot ensure that it could change. Statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the militarily speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.